today, the first, uh, another name of God. We're going through the names of God. El Elyon, God Most High. I get some interesting questions via email. And I don't mind it, by the way. Please don't misread what I'm saying. Uh, and I try to answer all of them. But I got one about a year or so ago that I thought, well, that's just pointless. And decided I wasn't going to answer it for a while. It, it went something like this. Will more books ever be added to the canon of Scripture? Or will some books already in it be deselected, taken out, no longer considered Scripture? I thought, what an odd question. And I just laid it aside, thought I would ignore it. But I think it was God that just kept hammering at me. You might want to think about this a bit more. You might want to put that together. The gathering of our books, it took about 300 years. The church existed without what we call the New Testament for about 300 years. They had the Old Testament. That had been locked down hundreds of years before Jesus. But the, the New Testament, it, it took a while to come together. And some books were added during that time. Some were deleted. But that was a long time ago. We're all done with that. Or are we? The more I thought about it, the more I realized that all of us adjust the canon. If you're thinking, oh, no, I don't. When's the last time you sat down and had a real good cup of coffee with Zechariah? Now, I would suggest to you Zechariah is worth reading, especially if you understand the context and all of the different prophetic um, messages and the way that the language is used there. That takes a lot of work, so we generally don't go to Zechariah very much. I have never yet, and yet somebody will come up to me today, but before being prompted, I've never had anybody tell me, you know my favorite book, Ezekiel? Because, yeah, thank you. Because Ezekiel, <laughs> we have one person who's read it. Uh, Ezekiel, <laughs> Ezekiel is odd. He really is. And, and by the way, I don't think that's being irreverent. I think it's being factual. How many of us have deleted some books of the Bible by just not reading them? Or how about this? How many of us have outside books written by other people that we actually go to more often than we go to some scripture? For example, I've got books that I've almost worn out by C.S. Lewis, N.T. Wright, Scott McKnight, Max Lucado, John Mark Hex, all of whom I admire, all of whom I respect very highly, and their stuff really, really helps me quite a bit. Sometimes... I end up reading some of that more than I do, let's say, Second uh, Chronicles. Do we really adjust the canon? Now, if you're wondering, what, what's the point of this with God Most High? Hang on. We claim to hallow Scripture, but by the way we live and order our lives, we tend to demote some and elevate some. Stick with me. See how this fits with this. We come across the name El Elyon in a very strange story, a very mysterious story in Genesis. Abraham, who's not known as Abraham yet, he's still known as Abram. God hasn't lengthened the name. He's in a very difficult part of his journey. You might be in a difficult part of your journey right now, struggling with whatever it is. He was struggling. He was literally wondering about and wandering with an O in it, what was happening and why and what his position in it was. He didn't understand his call yet. 
he was still waiting for God to fulfill a promise that God had made to him many years before about sons and land and an inheritance, and he was seeing none of it, not a bit of it. So Abram had the same tendency we have. When God is slower than we expect him to be or want him to be, we decide he needs our help. And we jump in to fix things. Do you have children that like to help you? How does that go? Some Now, now I'm not talking teenagers because, uh, anyway, they, I'm talking the, the, the little ones. And you're, you're trying to cook, you're trying to do dishes. I want to help. We let them help. If you're a good parent, you let them help. But you, it, it takes three times as long. And sometimes it messes up things. Sometimes it does make dishes go quicker because you don't have as many. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite memories of my childhood is we, we came to America and found out that in America, uh, when, you, when you got petrol, ga- gas, at, 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 um, <laughs> and filled up, that they would give you a cartoon character jar. And once you, once you ate the jelly out of it or so whatever, then you could use it as a drinking glass. And we, and we were insistent for some reason on getting the Flintstones. And so we, we, we had those. And I remember dropping one and breaking it, my mother looking and sighing and saying, this is why we can't have nice things. And I'm going. <laughs> we um, we want to help, but we slow down the process. So... Abraham, well, he messes up the process by bringing in Hagar. We'll talk about that in a bit. But now enter out of nowhere a character that there's, there's been no backstory on this guy, and we get no backstory on this guy. We don't know that anybody on the planet knows who God is but Abram until out of the shadows walks Melchizedek. That's all we know about him. He's a priest of God in a world where we didn't know God had any priest. Suddenly, out of nowhere, shows up. And he's not only there to give Abram a blessing, he's there to remind him of who's really in charge. Look at this passage. Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation. In other words, it's going to happen. And all nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I've chosen him that he will, so he will direct his children and his household after him, to keep the way of the Lord, but doing what is right and just, so that the Lord will bring, that's an, an, the, actually the word there is shall, it's an imperative, it's going to happen, bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sins are grievous that they, I, will, I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. The men turned away and went towards Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Now, we're ignoring an awful lot of context here, but four times in this passage, God is given the name El Elyon, God Most High. God showing up out of nowhere, saying, you need to order your life in a right way. You're letting your doubts be higher than your God. You're letting your ignorance trump what you know. You see, there are gods out there. Little g, there are gods out there. Gods of our own making. Gods of our own choosing. We, we elevate people who 
It just amazes me why people would elevate a Hollywood star. Think about it. These people make their living by pretending to be somebody else, reading words that somebody else wrote for them, and then somebody else tells them, say it this way, act like this, and walk over there. And we go, they are lights in the heavens. They are stars. Really? Your kids pretend to be somebody else. We don't throw money at them. This is, this is odd, but we, we do the same with people that are pretty good at sports. They're only good for a few years because sports wears and tears on everybody, no matter what sports it is, except curling. I'm pretty sure that that does nothing. Um, and the only reason that Scottish people like to watch it is because they like to see a man that can use a broom. And so that's, but there's no real benefit to it. The, uh, the whole bit is they're, they're good for a few years and they are good. I'm not knocking out a bet. I couldn't do what an athlete could do at all, ever in my life. And to see them do it, it's a beautiful thing. But then we call them stars, and we make them rich, and we, we act as if they could do no wrong. We make gods of our goods. We make gods of our jobs. We make gods of our nation, our politics. And that's not meant to be a political statement, except that I guess it is. I see some people that... It, it does seem like they're worshiping Reagan, and I've seen people that worship Obama. And you're going, what, what's going on here? I can remember one time we were feeding the homeless in a park in Detroit, and we, we were feeding the homeless. We had shown up. We did this every week. And one of the guys went through, and he was wearing an Obama T-shirt. That's fine. You know, that's all right by me. He got to the end of it, and with his tray looked up and started saying a prayer to Obama, saying, thank you, Obama, for giving me food. And I'm going, uh, no, that was me. I'm, I'm over here. But that, he didn't pray to me either. Um, and by the way, people do that with, other, with the Republicans as well. The point is, we elevate people. Why do we do that? And if that doesn't work, we make the highest, the highest God out of the one who stares back at us in the mirror. Voltaire once said, and some people have given this quotation to others, but it was Voltaire who said, God created man in his own image, and since that time, man has been returning the favor, making God in our image, after our likeness. We want a God that thinks like us, wants what we want, decides what we decide when we decide it. Another Voltaire Quotation. He said, and by the way, a lot of people think Napoleon said this. No, uh, Voltaire said it first. God is on the side of those with the big battalions. Now, Voltaire was an atheist. That was his way of saying whether a side wins or not is not up to a God, but rather who's, who's shown up with the biggest army, the most bullets, the most preparation. That's what people think. Balaam thought that in Scripture. And that very interesting, fascinating, and hilarious passage about a, talk, a talking donkey. I can't use the proper word because people get shocked anymore. So donkey it is. Um, in no Numbers 24, 16, the prophecy of one who hears the words of God, who has a knowledge of the Most High, El Elyon, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who falls prostrate and whose eyes are open. The whole point there was, Balaam, you are... You are trying to act like you are God, that you speak for God, that you've got your own idea about God. 
You don't get to do this. There is a God, and he is most high. Balaam was not to serve the gods that seemed to be the most powerful at the time, but the real God, who is higher than all other gods. Like Balaam, we live in a time when the siren call of many gods is very loud. In fact, the siren call of the noise in the world can drown out our God. I got handed a heartbreaking prayer card weeks ago. I've just held on to knowing that this was coming up. I don't know who wrote it, except that it was a kid, and it was kids' writings. And on the prayer card, it just said, pray for my dad. And why was he's on his phone during church? Sometimes we carry our gods around in our pockets. And we don't learn an instrument because we're busy on our phones. And we don't read a book because we're busy on our phones. We don't visit our families because we're busy on our phones. We don't even talk to each other over dinner because we're busy on our phones. Uh, what God has your attention? In, a, in an airport lounge waiting for the flight, anytime you hear a phone go off, it is like unwrapping a candy bar in a nursery. Everybody's just alert. That might be me. Like meerkats, just the heads popping up. <laughs> what, about, what about God? Where is he? Look at this slide. God tells us to focus our eyes on the Lord Most High. And he does it in so many ways. And yeah, you can pull out your phones now and feel awkward and take a picture of that if you'd like. Um, They were passing the plate, and the young man that was passing my didn't know my universal sign language, and so he just looked at me, and I went, "We we gave by by phone, no by phone, by," and he just looked at me like, and I was going, "There's got to be a shape. There's got to be a shape that he understands that we gave by phone." But uh, you can hold it up. Look at all of this, and these aren't all of them. He is the highest. He is the most high. He is the most high God. He is God most high. He is Jehovah most high. I got to ask you a question. If they needed those reminders, what about us? I'll, in my, I'll, all right, let's, I'll play. In my own life, I've not ever, that I can recall, ever had the tendency to make royalty or our, our fake royalty uh, about stars and athletes and politicians. I'm not, uh, they're not my gods. Never had a tendency to that. But... I keep finding out that I keep making me God. My schedule, my way, my way of wanting to do things. Somebody asked me about, uh, if I, this is working with some preachers, they said, if, ask if I had an open door policy. I said, I do, and it has failed dramatically. And they said, why? I said, people come in. <laughs> I, I thought that if they just knew I was in there, they would wave as they went by, but no, they walk in. The point I'm trying to make is, C.S. Lewis says, God is in the interruptions. And that's something which I almost daily have to remind myself of. That it's his time, his, his schedule, his universe. What kind of reminders do you need? We say, we believe our Bible, we hallow our Bible, but do you read it? Do you know it? Even those books that we tend to demote. And we say, God is most high, but does our reality reflect that? Does the way we act 
and speak? Does that reflect that? Or is our job higher in some areas? Our power or our position higher in some areas? Our family higher or life higher? When we lived in Colorado, we had a real competitor every Sunday. The Rockies. People would, well, I've got a Sunday off, and they'd, they'd head out. And I'm going, you forgot to worship God and just, uh, the one that made it. You know, come on back in. Lock into this. Higher than God? What, what are, what's higher than God in your life? Sometimes, just like the Bible, we pick and choose while claiming we don't. In Psalm 97 and verse 9, For you, Lord, are the most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. We sing that God is most high using a passage like this. The Jews often used that phrase. If you take a look in their songbook, whether it was for help or worship or calling for justice, they were reminding ourselves there is no greater helper than God. He is the one. There's no one else to worship than God. God is the only one who can bring justice. One of the reasons God is above all other gods is that he's going to outlast them. Isaiah 57 verse 15 says, he inhabits eternity. I love that phrase. He inhabits eternity. Nothing else does. You go to the airport, we were talking about that this morning with Mark. Um, by the way, if you don't know somebody's name in his church, just say Mark. Odds are. Um, we were talking about going to the airport, and uh, it, it's changed dramatically. And now when you go to the airport, not only do you check yourself in and print your own boarding pass, now you have to tag your own bag. I don't know if you've found that joy yet or not. Leaving me uninstructed with this much sticky material is not wise. <laughs> they, they looked, they shook their heads, they called the guards. It, it was, but now you even have to do that. And we were talking about there's another job going away. Jobs go away. Things change. What happens next? Who is your God? He's bigger than our stuff. He's going to outlive our stuff. Acts 7, verses 48 and 49. However, the Most High does not live in houses made by human hands. Why? Because they're not going to last as long. As the prophet says, heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Where will my resting place be? Saying, come on, people. Understand who's in charge. He rules over all men and women over all kingdoms, even those that reject him. He's really the ruler over them. And any battle between the kingdoms of men and their gods and the Most High God, the Most High God wins. He has every single time. Read history. Where are the other gods? You know the only place the other gods live is in terribly undeveloped areas and in the comic books. And the movie's made of them. It's the only place they live. Because they've all been defeated. They've all been shoved away by the Most High God. And here's where I need to call in 1 John 3.18. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with action and in truth. Let us not call him the Most High when we demote him 
in this or that part of our life. I had a business owner in my office. This, I, need, I need to stress these two illustrations did not occur at this church or even in this state. But I had a business owner who was a member of our church in my office once. And he was wrestling with some things on ethics and business. And I talked to him. I just opened up the Sermon on the Mount. And he said, before you go much further, you need to know I've read that. And if I ran my business by the, the rules in the Sermon on the Mount, I'd go bankrupt. I looked at him. I said, what's your point? We didn't come to terms. Another man who was an elder of a church near us, I saw doing something in his business, I don't want to go into any detail here, that was not exactly benefiting the people he said he was going to benefit. More, it was, he was benefiting him more than them, and he was supposed to be working for them. And I brought that up, and he said, I know. And I said, but you're an elder in the church. And he said, this is a quote, church is church and business is business. He claims to have God most high, but who's in charge? You might, I mean, those are easy ones. Those are easy ones. We can take a look at that and target it. But remember this, before you answer who's most high God in your life, another name only occurs once, and it occurs in the Abraham story, Elroy. And now the name Elroy comes from it, the God who sees. See, Abram did not listen to Melchizedek. He decided God needed help, and he broke the dishes. He went to get a slave woman whose name we don't even know. Hagar means foreigner. It's not a proper name. A slave woman who was enslaved in Egypt, given give a piece of property given to Abraham that he took, and then decided to form a committee to help God along because God needs his help and raised up a child through her rather than Sarai. And you and I are still fighting those battles because as God said, the children of her will fight the children of Sarah for all the time that there is on earth. The Arabic people and the Jewish people. She was driven out because Abraham was also a lousy husband. He was also not father of the year. Read about his stories and uh, about Isaac and the like. And I imagine he didn't get very many Father's Day cards. He drives Hagar out into the wilderness because she's become a problem to him. Once again, she is rejected and alone. And God comes and talks to her. Her response to that meeting is the only time this name of God shows up. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me, El Roy. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. He sees. He knows. Services went a little bit longer today, but that's all right. I'm cutting mine back a bit. Because we got great classes. I want you to, the men in here, the women are upstairs in a more comfortable accommodation. I'm guessing. I have no idea. The men, by the way, ladies, I imagine you clump together, you talk, you touch, and like the men scatter. It is, it's amazing. Anyway, before you answer who is God most high, know this. He sees. He knows. And he, he knows where he is in a pantheon of gods in your life. 
He knows who gets your attention. He knows what gets your allegiance. Who will decide what you post on social media? Who will decide what you say and how you act when you are challenged? What will you say that allies yourself with politics or culture more than God? Who is in charge of your life? As God once asked Moses, who made your mouth? Would you stand, please? When God is in a place where he should be, all else is ordered. When he is not in a place that is rightly his, all else will descend into chaos. Do you pray with me, and then we'll be led in one song as we close. Our Father in heaven, we come to you confessing our sins, that we have often let other gods crowd out the Most High God. Whether those gods be in our movies and television, or whether those gods are numbers on green pieces of paper we carry in our wallet, or whether they are our things, or whether they are our time, or whether they are the God that looks back at us in the mirror, we have often elevated the wrong gods. We pray to be restored, O oh Father, to the people who only bow to El Elyon, God Most High, El Roy, the God who truly sees us, truly cares for us. Father, help us to always remember who is in charge and that that is a good thing a blessing for the people of this world. Help us to live what we say we believe. In the name of Jesus, we pray, and the whole church says, Amen.